Owning an investment property can be challenging, but it doesn't have to be. At Heritage Realty Property Management, they handle the challenges for you, ensure it's rented, maintained, and gets the highest return possible, while you just collect the check. With over 50 years experience, you can trust Heritage Realty to provide the property care you want and rental knowledge you need. Visit HeritageRealtyKnox.com to connect with the team more landlords trust. Heritage Realty. We treat your property as if it were our own. Now just taking a look inside the inventory at Ted Russell Ford Lincoln here on Kingston Pike. You ready for this? Any make, any model that you're looking for, man, they got you covered. The count's still going up. Over 1,700 vehicles that are available. Kingston Pike location at Ted Russell Ford Lincoln alongside Riley Thomas. My name is Tyler Ivins. Tyler will take you up to 7 o'clock this evening as we sit four days. That's four days away until the volunteers take on Iowa in the Cheese and Citrus Bowl. You'll hear every snap New Year's Day here on 99.1, the sports animal. And a gentleman who joins us weekly. Voice is very familiar to your car, to your iPhone, to your smart device. Dr. Jerry Punch joining the program right now on the Stanley Vincent and Gates Hotline. Doc, first and foremost, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you. You know where we're going to get started. Nico's in. Joe is out to the NFL. Your first thoughts when you hear that Nico gets to start against Iowa on New Year's Day. Well, it's obviously a, a huge challenge for him. I'm excited for Nico. I'm excited for uh, for the offense and for the, for the Vol fans. I've been waiting to see him. But before we talk about Nico, I do want to say that Joe Milton could have could have stayed and played, um, and and there are a lot of people over the last week or so uh, on uh, on the scouting services that thought that Joe Milton could help himself by playing against a defense with the caliber of Iowa. Uh, I know their offense hasn't been great, but their defense is a top three, four in the country, and that probably could have helped his stock a little bit, but. Given the fact that Joe Joe Milton has been a wonderful, wonderful teammate, unselfish, uh, great leadership in, on the field in the locker room, uh, he knew that uh, that it was probably best for him to go ahead and step away and let Nico play. It's hard also when you're splitting duties and splitting snaps with Nico uh, to get into a rhythm, which probably doesn't help either one of them. Uh, and then, so it it was a good decision. I think it was a very good decision on his part. And more than being selfish when a lot of these guys are this time of year because they're looking at NFL options and getting ready for a draft, I think this was a very unselfish decision on Joe Milton III's part to step away uh, and uh, let Nico be the guy. Uh, But now here again, now Nico's opportunity against one of the best defenses in the country. Uh, It's like someone said this morning, uh, a colleague that's a broadcaster said, hey, you know, you got uh, Iowa one of the top three defenses in the nation against Tennessee uh, with a banged-up offensive line, one starter not playing, one left tackle who may be 50% at best, and a, and a quarterback making his first-ever start. What could go wrong? Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Let's get into season four, episode three, Facade. People get picked on. I got picked on. But Scabby Abby, Scabby of the whole school. Yeah, I me. I felt like it wasn't real. If I may, I want to defend the storytellers. The people who created the show wanted you to feel like these people were the worst people ever. They pretty much said the whole school of Smallville High are bad people. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just. 
to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. All right. Um, so uh, it's going to be interesting. I think Tennessee um, you know, needs to be able to try to establish some similar to a run game. Whether you, whether you rotate, move the pocket, and uh, Nico uh, is able to buy some time. You know, Iowa is going to get to the quarterback. They do, and they have in every game this year. You know, how do you respond? So uh, it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be a great game for the fans to see, uh, hopefully a good game for television. We haven't had many games that uh, that have been, over the years, been that close. I mean, and then recently, uh, the predictions aren't haven't been that good. I mean, yeah. I think you know Miami's Miami's struggling with Rutgers in you know in the Pinstripe Bowl and and uh, you know Boston College was an eleven point underdog and yet they lead you know in in SMU in the in the Fenway Bowl. It's interesting these games. North Carolina got blown out by West Virginia, uh, you know in the in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. So and, and I tell you what, the last time I did I did two or three years in a row I did both games in Orlando uh, and. The games weren't close. They were expected to be close, and Baylor blew out North Carolina, and Michigan blew out Florida. I mean, it, they weren't even close. So I'm wondering why this happens or how this happens. But nowadays, a lot of it has to do with who who isn't playing with uh, with the opt-outs and the transfers and, and all the things that, that impact the lineups. Doc, with obviously this being Nico's first start in a Tennessee uniform, we know obviously, of course, Tennessee has had an abundance of people enter the transfer portal including that secondary, does Nico starting out quarterback kind of change your outlook or your prediction for this game on Monday between Tennessee and Iowa? Well, I've always thought it was going to be close that Tennessee would, like most teams, would struggle uh, against this defense. And that I thought Tennessee would hold its own defensively, and I thought Tennessee would win, but it would be a a 10-point differential or less than 10. It'd be 7 or 8. But now with the secondary – uh, all having to be reshuffled. Uh, Iowa can throw the football. Are they consistent throwing the football? No, but they they had they moved the ball fairly well against Nebraska throwing the ball, and then then they then they changed it up and ran the ball. So, you know, Tennessee's got to stop the run. Iowa's physical up front, very physical up front um, in terms of their blocking assignments, and Tennessee's equally as physical and probably quicker, uh, or definitely quicker. Can they stop the run? And then the question is. Can the can this secondary inexperienced as they are, um, you know, hold up? If I'm Iowa, I'm throwing the ball short uh, to people in space and seeing if Tennessee can can tackle. Uh, Tennessee's had trouble tackling in the secondary at times this year, even with the starters. So, if you can't tackle them, then they're they're getting chunks of yardage and first downs. And what they're doing also is keeping your offense off the field. Uh, they probably believe they can stop anyone. Uh, anyone's offense, uh, two out of three possessions. Uh, and so now Tennessee's got to be able to move the football and keep the football. Uh, and, uh, and, and if I'm Tom Josh Heupel, I keep it simple uh, for Nico, especially initially that you see what how you can control. You know, if I'm Iowa, they're going to come after a young quarterback. Mm-hmm. Kirk Ferentz is going to want to get that, hit that quarterback on every single play. I've done games around Kirk Ferentz, and he's going to say their defensive, defensive coordinator says, we're going to hit that quarterback every play. We want him to be hit or be on the ground. So it's coming. Uh, and the question is, if you're Josh Heupel, you know, do you keep it simple enough to build some confidence early on, or do you take advantage of their aggressiveness 
and um, and and moved the ball with with some screens and and a few things like that. Dr. Jerry Punch joining the program. Doc, before I came back to Knoxville and I have, was given the ability and the opportunity to work here for the flagship station for Tennessee, I spent six years of my career covering Kirk Ferentz in Iowa and covering Iowa State in the Big Ten and the Big 12. And listening to you describe kind of what Kirk Ferentz likes to do is spot on. The one analogy that was used by defensive coordinator Phil Parker that has stuck with me my entire broadcasting career the easiest way to describe Iowa football is a boa constrictor. You first see a yeah. snake, and it doesn't look that harmless. Then all of a sudden, they wrap around you, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, and then before you know it, they start tightening up around you. You look at the clock. There's a minute, two minutes to go in the game, and then zeros hits, and the game's over, and Iowa's beat you 17-16. to 16. A Boa constrictor in defense. Nico, he's already talked to the media today, and he says he's comfortable and ready to go. Doc, I don't know if anything can prepare you for what Iowa's going to bring to the table Monday in Orlando. You know, that's well said and well put because I tell you, every game, every bowl game I've ever done with Kirk. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. Sebastian Maniscalco. I'm a comedian. In my 20s, I wasn't like in a company and I don't know like how marketing sales. Yeah, you're a brand, you're a company. Yeah. And like Jay Z says, I'm a businessman. Yeah. Yeah. To that. Remind me not to quote any hip hop lyrics again. That was just a big miss. When you first said it, I'm like, yeah, he's a businessman. Yeah, I nailed it at the end. I pulled it together. It just took me a minute. The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. Ferentz, uh, you know, he gets his teams ready to play. Not that other coaches don't, but he will have that Iowa team. It's all business. They're down there. They're focused. They're ready to play. Right. And I remember vividly, I think I told a story, but I remember vividly doing LSU-Iowa, Kirk Ferentz, head coach at Iowa, Nick Saban's last game at LSU. He was leaving after that game to go to the Dolphins. And everyone said, well, this is going to be – LSU's heavily favored. It's going to yep. be a blowout at LSU. All these players want to play for Nick Saban. Guess what? Ferris and Iowa showed up and won the game on the last play of the game. So, I mean, they beat LSU, and they were a huge underdog. So, I mean, they will be ready, and that and they play so well in bowl games. It's funny, too, and we'll, we'll hit the reset on this one, Doc Punch. I've asked all of Tennessee fans the last couple of days if they get a chance – Go back to YouTube and watch the 2001 Alamo Bowl tape. Look, I know Josh Heupel doesn't run run air raid offense like Mike Leach did at Texas Tech, but there are similarities to his veer and shoot that you see to what Mike Leach does with his air raid. This same Iowa team and Phil Parker and Kirk Ferentz, they beat Mike Leach and Texas Tech that day 19-16. to 16. So just when you think you have an identity in football, they drag you down, they get you dirty, and they bring things to your level. Again, tonight, if you're looking for something to do, if you want to get an idea of what Iowa's defense looks like against some moving offense, go look at the 2001 Alamo Bowl when Iowa and Texas Tech got together there on your YouTubes. Dr. Jerry Punch, more to get with him coming up next. Here from Ted Russell Ford, Lincoln. Bang up job by Riley Thomas today. My name is Tyler Ivins. It's the receipt episode today. As a lot of you returning your clothes and a lot of the shoes you got from Santa this year, well, receipt games will bring those back to the table. You'll hear from Nico Iamaliava, plus what's happening around the sport. Doc Punch just gave you an update. Huge upset win for Boston College today at Fenway Park. What's happening between Miami as well as their showdown with Rutgers. 99.1, you're listening to the Sports Animal. More Tyler and Will on the way. All right, quarter ahead of the hour, 4 o'clock. Dr. Jerry Punch, 
New Balance Knoxville each and every week. Doc, we appreciate you being flexible with the holiday schedule this week. I already know where this is going to go, but I feel like I want to ask you this question because I feel like I'm being lazy even bringing this up. And I mentioned it about 15 minutes ago, and I'm going to reset it here on Tyler and Will now. I kind of rolled my eyes a little bit when the whole UCF thing happened many years ago about national championship banners. But now, not just one, not just five, not just 10, 12. The entire Florida State football team's mentality after being let out of the college football playoff is earlier this morning, they believe that if, in fact, they are the lone standing, undefeated Power 5 conference team left, that they should be crowned national champions. So if you want to just go through kind of the mud here, they essentially are saying if, if we beat Georgia and if Alabama runs the table, which would be beating Michigan, and then whoever the winner of the Washington-Texas showdown is, if they're the last one standing, Florida State should, in fact, be national champions. Are you a little kind of are, – are you taken back like I am that Mike Norvell hasn't kind of shook them up a little bit and said, guys, we're out of the party, who cares, now let's focus on Georgia? Because I feel like they're really crying over spilt milk that's almost three weeks old now. Well, what that tells me is they're not focused on Georgia and uh, as many people as they don't have playing. Uh, and, and quarterbacks that are opting out and transferring, <clears throat> that any any focus away from Georgia uh, is dangerous. I, exactly. You know, I, I think Florida State's a very talented football team, and I and I think early in the year they were they were. I still don't think early in the year they could they could have beaten a Michigan. Uh, and I realize Alabama stubbed their toe. I don't think they're going to beat Georgia. I think as disappointed as Georgia is not to be uh, not to be uh, in, in you know in the playoffs, they still. Uh, and and I know Florida State. I know Miami's in the state of Florida, and they're going to have a huge crowd there. Uh, but I would be shocked. I would be absolutely shocked if they if they beat Georgia. Uh, Florida State's defense is no joke. They, they showed that uh, in the ACC championship game against Louisville. They can and when they lined up and basically ran wildcat, you know, with what they had at quarterback with an inexperienced quarterback and just ran the ball and used their defense to stifle a very good Louisville right. offense. Then I, I understand, but they're not. They weren't selected. Uh, was it fair? Well, fair is where you pass out blue ribbons to pigs. I mean, that, that's the only that's the only fair I know of. <laughs> Very today. nicely done. Yeah. But so, uh, you know, it's it's you know, uh, I I don't I don't think that you know I, they they weren't there. Uh, they're not better than Alabama right now. They're not better than Georgia right now. Uh, you know, and they can claim whatever they want to claim, unfortunately. But they're not in the playoffs. They're not in the, you know, it's like teams that get upset in the college basketball uh, in the tournament, and they say well, we're we're far better than any of the teams are left. Well, you may be, but you didn't get there. Right. You didn't get there. Uh, now the difference is you lost it on the field, and Florida State hasn't lost it on the field. It was decided by a committee, and that's that's the frustrating part for them. But there's no way they can claim themselves to be a national champion. Um, you know, and. You know, it's and and also, quite honestly, the ACC. I I love the ACC. I grew up in the ACC. I played in the ACC, but North Carolina got boat raced by West Virginia. Louisville lost to a, a so-so USC team last night. Um, and so I mean, it's we're not seeing the ACC, you know, dominate anybody. You know, Boston College yes won today. They were an eleven-point underdog against SMU, but they played in Fenway Park in Boston. And uh, so I, I don't know. It's <clears throat> it's going to be interesting. I don't. I personally don't think Florida State can beat Georgia uh, if Georgia shows up and plays their game. Uh, I just think that Georgia has too many weapons uh, for Florida State to be able to handle. I don't think Florida State can move the ball against that Georgia defense. So let me just ask you, since we're on the topic of the Knowles, 
They've been creating a lot of stir the last couple of days. How do you think this plays out between the ACC, Florida State? I know we've already talked about revamping up conferences and changing teams and different logos. Is Florida State going to be in the ACC fold, or do you believe that there's something that comes of this, and what do you believe the future holds for the Seminoles? Well, first of all, you have to be invited to go somewhere. To my knowledge, you haven't been invited to go to the SEC or the Big Ten. <clears throat> Sunbelt's looking, but I'm not so sure that's an option. Uh, the, 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 you know, I, I, you know, for that, for their board of directors to arbitrarily decide, okay, we're, we're, we're better than where we are, and we're the reason that the ACC gets so much exposure, blah, 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 and we're gonna, and we're gonna try to get out and get away. Two or three years ago, I remember when they signed this, this, uh, uh, grant of rights and, and the documents. I was in Greensboro at the ACC headquarters, and they were talking about that. And I, I remember later talking to a couple of, of ADs at different schools, and they said, this is as locked, as airtight as you can get. It is as airtight as you can make it. Um, you know, they got a few law schools there. Uh, in, in the in, you got Duke and Wake Forest and Virginia. And, you know, and, and they, they drew from as many as they could to make this an airtight situation to protect the conference, and everyone signed it. Um, so I'm not sure how you try to get out of that or what you do to get out of that. The Maryland situation was a different story. Maryland didn't want to be there, and quite frankly, <clears throat> the ACC didn't mind them leaving, uh, if, if the truth be known, because it was really uh, – they were difficult to deal with in so many ways as far as traveling in and out of the D.C. area. But that's a whole other story. Uh so I, I think I think the Florida State situation, they could spend a lot of money. Uh, I don't think they're going anywhere unless the ACC partnership wants them. Now, if the Florida State were to get out, are there others waiting in line? I think I think North Carolina standing behind the door waiting to see what happens. They're not going to be the ones to charge to it. They'll let Florida State do that. You guys knock a hole in the fence and we'll run through behind you, kind of deal. <laughs> um, I think North Carolina. I think North Carolina would be there. I don't know to others because most of the teams I think around the ACC want to be loyal to the Atlantic Coast Conference. I think they really do, and uh, so I, I'm not so sure. And 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 I'm, you know, and playing schools next year with all you're trying to do, playing against other ACC schools, uh, I'm just wondering how welcomed you're going to be when you're trying to rub everybody else's face in it and walk away because you're better than they are, which is the implication that your board is given, uh, and. I don't think officiating uh, changes, but uh, a lot of the officials who do the ACC games can't be happy with this, you know, you know, better than thou approach by Florida State. You know, I'm granted you're frustrated and you're upset. You know, I admire what Boo, Boo Kerrigan did, but, but you know, Boo's an ACC athletic director at NC State, but he has to be non-impartial and in and, and that committee and do what the committee wants and what's in that room. And then he has to come out and try to defend it without being – he's not allowed to use specifics. He's told he cannot use specifics, which handcuffs him when he's doing the interviews, you know, uh, you know afterwards on live national television. But – so it doesn't help him. It doesn't help his cause. He would love to have had probably at Florida State. You know, I mean, it made him a whole lot less uh, disliked uh, by Florida State. But he has to do what's right by the committee. So, you know what, it was a no-win for him as well. Uh, but they did – you know, and unfortunately, I think fortunately, I think they got it right as far as the four best teams, Alabama, because of the win over Georgia, is there at this time of year. They're there, and Florida State was not.
Doc, this is the last time we'll talk to you before the playoff games on Monday on New Year's Day. So I've got to ask you, who you got in those matchups in the Rose Bowl with Michigan and Alabama? And then, of course, in that Sugar Bowl between Washington and Texas, who do you have in the matchups playing in the National Championship the week next week on the 8th in Houston? Well, I could get this all wrong, but uh, I have a rematch between Alabama and Texas. Um, mm. You know, I, I just think that Texas has Texas has is, is, is got so much quickness and physically. Uh, I, I think that Washington's good. Uh, I just don't know that that they can that that Washington can score with Texas. Um, I think Alabama uh, Alabama is gonna you know is gonna you know. Needs to need to line up and stop the run. Michigan's been able to push people off the ball in this lineup and just crush people, which is demoralizing. They did it against Penn State. They did it somewhat against Ohio State. I'm not sure you can do that against Alabama. I could be wrong. So I think it's, you know, I think Alabama wins, and I think uh, I think Texas wins. I think that's that, that's going to be interesting. I think when, when when those teams play, I think they're, you know, I think that, uh, uh, you know, as as much as I like. What the Washington program has done is done. I, you know, I just don't know if they if they uh, can handle um, the, the Texas secondary. Doc, we appreciate it as always, and we say thank you not only to you heading into the new year, but we say thank you to New Balance Knoxville. I'm telling you right now, the perfect fit from the 3D test. Doc, some people, when they shop for shoes, it's just the number under the tongue. No, 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 no. Not down the road from where we are. They're in the Suburban Shopping Center. The 3D tests make it, I call it a Cinderella story. That's what they do at New Balance Knoxville. Yeah, your toes, your arch, your heels, your foot, your feet will thank you because everything is going to be perfectly fit. And you're going to walk out of there saying, wow, I've never felt this comfortable in this stable in this kind of shoe because they, the measurements they give you and the time they take. And here's the best part. It doesn't take much time. You go in there. You're in there and out of there as quick as you would be in any department store buying shoes, but you're getting the professionals uh, at New Balance of Knoxville, Sharon, Jessica, all the people there do such a phenomenal job. And, and, and you will be so comfortable uh, and so catered to. And then you look around and realize, hey, I can pick any color, any size, any shape, any design, any number. In uh, any price range, because they start very reasonably, and they and they're not very expensive, even the top of the line ones. That you know, so they're they're a full service place to go, and especially when I get the new year started right uh, with for your feet, especially you're going to walk off some of those uh, holiday pounds. Uh, do it with a new pair of New Balances from New Balance of Knoxville. Hey Doc, we appreciate it. We will chat with you when we return back from Orlando, Florida, sir. Enjoy the new year. Okay, happy new year to you guys as well. Take care. And with that being said, Tommy Sweat, let's go for three straight. This is Riding with Divins for your Thursday, December 28th. Hey, everybody. This is Dan Bespris, host of Fantasy NBA Today, a daily fantasy basketball podcast. We cover every box score from every game every day, plus bonus shows on buy low opportunities, players to stash, schedule analysis, and really anything you could need to smash your league into deliciously tiny pieces. Catch the Fantasy NBA Today podcast, part of the Believe Network, on YouTube or wherever you listen.